You're listening to episode number 13 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Samuel Chang, former executive director of the International Orality Network. Samuel and I spend our conversation talking about orality and missions today. We presently live in a world in which billions of people can't, won't, or prefer not to learn through reading. So as people of the book, how do we communicate this never-changing gospel in our ever-changing world? So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. During the mid-15th century, a new form of technology was being used that would bring literature to the masses. Uh, You guys probably heard of a guy named uh, Gutenberg. He had been experimenting with a printing press that used uh, replaceable and movable letters. You know, one historic day, he was using such movable type, and he actually ended up producing the world's first book, and that was the Bible, and it would change the world. Uh, For the next uh, 500 years, his invention defined the world of publishing. However, it was the Bible itself that would forever change the way the world thought about the Christian faith. As it has been said, from that moment on, uh, the Christian faith has walked on literate legs. And we living in uh, the the West, uh, we often uh, default to that uh, that assumption that uh, we have the Bible, we have it in, in many languages, we read all the time, not just the Bible, but all kinds of resources. But uh, about four billion, about four billion people in the world are, are referred to as oral communicators, people who can't uh, or don't or won't uh, take in new information by by literate means. Uh, today on, on Strike the Match, uh, I have a brother with us uh, who is an expert in this area uh, of oral uh, communication, uh, Samuel Chang. He is uh, with us today. We're excited to have him uh, on the program. He was uh, formerly the executive director of the International Orality Network and also uh, was the chief operating officer for, for uh, Trans World Radio an international Christian media organization. Uh, He has uh, just recently accepted a call to serve as the CEO and president of an organization, which will be announced later, so we'll just have to have to wait on that. He has been an author contributing to many works, and uh, he's got a work that he has co-edited with Grant Lovejoy called Beyond Literate Western Context that we're also going to be talking about on uh, the, the program today. So, Samuel, I want to welcome you to Strike the Match, brother. JD, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I feel privileged to be speaking with you and your audience. Man, it is an honor. And and you were telling me before I started the recording that that we're talking to you and you are in a, a rural area in Hong Kong. Is that correct? Yes, it's very uh, rural. In fact, we're right next to the country park in Hong Kong. Well, how about and and you have, if I understand correctly, you've been there. You and your wife have been there for twenty four years. That's right. We were sent once out in 1991, and God has allowed us to stay here in Hong Kong to minister both to the church in China and now um, on a global basis as well. So we feel very privileged to be located here. Well, fantastic. You know, it, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm amazed at technology and 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 here you know we're talking via Skype and and the clarity is just as clear uh, in that rural context as as others that I've spoken to that have just been you know, across the office cubicle from where I sit in Birmingham, Alabama. So I praise the Lord for this opportunity today. So I do too. Hey, let me let me start us off by by talking about this issue of rurality. Um, I mean, this this is a, a huge issue, not just in the numbers across the world that um, that are oral oral learners, oral communicators, uh, but this is an issue that's really beginning to pick up steam within the missions community. Uh, for those uh, that are listening that that really aren't familiar with what we're talking about, I mean, what what do we mean when we talk about orality? Well, um, probably the easiest way for us to describe it is how a individual or a community receives the information, process that information, remember the information, and then pass on that information. So, so it's it, from from my studies, it's that there are large numbers of people that. Uh, they they don't necessarily think so much in terms of of, of linear progression. Am, am I correct on that? Lo, you know, logic. Yes, is it? yes. The, the, well, the, yes, that's correct. Uh, in fact, if you will, um, from the Gutenberg press that you have described earlier, mm-hmm. um, all our thinking is much more sequential. Simply, even just when we think about the text, the way it's laid out in sequence. Um, and in a very uniform way. Um, So it's much more linear-based. Oral learners, uh, by and large, are um, thinking many different ways, and um, they receive the information not just uh, textually, but they would prefer to receive the information uh, via music, songs, dances, poetry, chants, drama, uh, visual arts, so it's not restricted to a textual transmission of understanding, but it's um, it's much more in terms of how they naturally receives the information in their own culture, and it's different than the way that we have been used to in the past. So, so when we talk about about oral learners, some of them obviously would be illiterate, but but it's not exclusively those that are illiterate. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, th- we categorize uh, that global population in such a way that we say, uh, yes, there are illiterate people, but there are many more who are functionally literate uh, or who are highly literate. And so we categorize something like this. There's 300 million people who are without a single script in their own language. And then we say there's approximately oh, 2.4 billion who are children and youth and falls in the category of being semi-literate or uh, below literacy rate mm-hmm. simply because they're highly literate people. And then there are approximately uh, 1.7 billion or so who are um, just below the literacy rate that is um, that is uh, pronounced by each individual country's government. And so they're not at the literacy rate, but they're below it. And there's approximately, uh, probably a little bit over a billion, a billion three thereabouts, who are highly, highly literate, literate people, 
but prefers to learn in an oral manner. And um, that means people who might even have PhDs mm. who are highly, highly literate, but prefers to learn in an oral visual manner. Wow. So, so you know, I, I mentioned earlier the number four billion. I was I was doing the math as you were just now speaking. So we're looking more along the lines of five billion. I mean, is that, is that correct? Uh, right. Um, Dr. Grant Lovejoy, um, in one of the research pieces that he had done, um, he had calculated uh, approximately 5.7 billion. And um, so that's a that's a huge population in which um, uh, it's a data set that mm-hmm. we have to contend with to think about how do we bring the gospel forward to them in a meaningful way, and and that's you know that was the next question that I was I was wanting to ask you about. So so this reality of of an enormous amount, the overwhelming well, you know, if we say seven billion people in the world, and you're looking at five billion five billion plus p- people would be oral communicators. What what does that practically mean for us when it comes to taking the gospel you know, to the nations? I. I Right. I, I think God uses every single methods that's that's available, and um, so uh, so I I um, want to say that God uses however ways and means that He brings the gospel forward to people. Now, having the data set in front of us, um, one of the ways that we have to think about is how people receive that information, and if oftentimes we use a textual means. Of, uh, of transmission of the gospel. That might work, but it might work better if we used it uh, in terms of storytelling form, in terms of arts form of visual arts, uh, maybe using drama and maybe using music. And um, that multiple combination might give us a better chance of helping the listener-receiver community to receive the gospel, um, not only in a more holistic way, but in a way that they're used to receiving information within their own culture. Now, I I know that um, I I have read of others that have been developing um, uh, approaches to working with, with Primarily oral communicators after they come to faith in Christ. So, so this is this is something that affects our evangelistic methodologies. But but I'm assuming that it's also going to affect the way we we teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded as well. Is that is that true? Yes, very very true. Um, from our pre-evangelism, evangelism, discipleship, church planting, uh, it's it's a it's a massive consideration of what is important in thinking about the local community, the receiving community of that gospel. So as you have uh, worked with with mission agencies and churches and networks and, uh, and groups all across the, the world uh, in your former role with the International Orality Network, is there, or maybe I should say it this way, has there been a sizable shift among agencies, organizations, churches, networks that were not primarily concerned about oral communicators and orality issues and are now moving in that direction. Have you seen a big change in, in you know, the past, uh, I don't know, 10 years maybe? Yeah, um, that's a that's a very important question. And, uh, and I'm happy to report, yes, uh, the massive shift is, is starting to take place. 
uh, in fact, last year, 2014, uh, we were able to conduct a, a global survey of mission organizations, churches, denominations to look at whether they are getting it um, and whether they're investing resources into it. And um, our sample size uh, informed us that um, uh, people who are within the network and people who are outside the international orality network are starting to make functional investments, which means that in churches or in mission organizations, they start to have a department or a function mm-hmm. um, that says orality strategies. And it's important. They want to recognize what that means to permeate it in throughout their entire organization. I, I, I would say that shift is uh, starting to take place. And if you put it on a on one of those curves that looks like a bell's, bell-shaped curve, and you have um, early adopters, uh, you got uh, explorers, early adopters, early majority, mm-hmm. certain mission organizations and churches are already moving towards the early majority. Uh, and then we're seeing other sectors, including theological education, that is slowly moving into um, early explorers, Mm -hmm. just wanting to see how does this work within their own education setting. So we're very, very thankful to God um, that this has become a notable trend within the missions and church world. Yeah, you know, and I, um, you know, before coming to the Church of Brook Hills, where I'm, I'm presently serving as one of our pastors here, I, you know, I spent 10 years as a seminary professor, and then uh, even before that, about three and a half, four years actually uh, teaching at, at Bible colleges. And uh, and this issue wasn't so much on the radar screen. I remember uh, when I was a professor, we had a had a visiting professor to come and, and teach like one course. He was an adjunct professor on Bible storying, but um, you know the, the the issue of of oral communication, oral learners, orality, uh, it really wasn't in the the academy. Uh, you know, to the degree that. I personally think that it needs to be in light of the fact that we have, you know, so much of the world's population uh, in this camp. Why why do you think why do you think that the academy has been slow to kind of move in this direction? Wow. <laughs> That's a large <laughs> large question. I'll just put you on the and, spot there. There we go. <laughs> yes. Um and I'm dithering for time. Well, here, <laughs> no, you're fine. Here, here, here are a couple of thoughts to that. One is that um, um, the academy, uh, they have been entrusted and become stewards of knowledge. And that stewardship of the knowledge is, um, is, the, is how they have guarded the very foundation of education. And they've been doing that very, very well. Mm-hmm. And when people have been doing that extremely well, they will ask, why do we need to change? So that has been part of that slow process that um, that is notable. Second, I think, is that um, when you're doing oral training, uh, many times over, there's no real text that's involved with it. Uh, as in, yes, there's text, mm-hmm. but when you're dealing with in a very, very oral way, um, text is complementary or supplementary, mm-hmm. and and that's not the model of the academy. And so there's that there's got to be that give and take that's going to take place, and I believe it is becoming. Um, 
a a issue that the entire academy is uh, starting to grapple and um, wanting to know what do we do now with the oral visual communicators who are gamers Mm -hmm. in my classroom what do i do with that and so uh, let me just sort of summarize my thoughts um the education foundation is has got three aspects the knowledge the access and the authority and we're what we're watching is that knowledge is um is being redefined access is renegotiated and authority redistributed Mm -hmm. and in that um they're having to grapple with it now um and it will take time for them to come to grips to say how do we help the learners in our classroom to be effective communicators of the word of god Mm -hmm. for um for the laity and for the marketplace um and that they would be extremely uh not only relevant but effective um in carrying the gospel forward absolutely so I, I want to I want to take take a moment and ask you a question about this new book that's coming out. Um, so so you and uh, Grant Lovejoy have have edited this this work. I, I've I've had a chance to to read to read through it and um, and and the title is Beyond Literate Western Contexts: Honor and Shame and Assessment of Orality Preference. Uh, give us give us a good summary. What what is this this compilation of these different articles by these different authors. What is this book all about? This book is about uh, two large subject matters. One having to do with honor shame, honor and shame. And second has to do with the assessment of orality preference uh, within the classroom. And these are two large pieces that um, theological educators have been grappling with um, at at the ground level, both mm-hmm. within right. the institution of formal training and also in a larger sector of non-institution, non-formal training. And um, and so the honor and shame piece uh, has to do with the entire worldview area. If the majority church, mm-hmm. their worldview is much more honor and shame driven right. and less so uh, guilt and innocence driven, then how do we minister to them uh, in that uh, mindset, worldview mindset? And then on top of that, um, what, uh, if you were to assess them, um, and the assessment process for them is much more guilt and innocence based, mm-hmm. um, how 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 do they receive that, and how do you actually um, do justice with them in terms of how good they are in in what they have studied? And so these are two things that came together at the Houston Baptist University consultation last year, which we Grant and I, um, Dr. Lovejoy and I were able to. Um, edit the book together, and uh, we're, we're very thankful that, uh, for example, um, this is a, enough of a notable topic and that Christianity Today has picked it up in their March issue of um, uh, of the, the subject about the power of shame. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that you're you're willing to um, to not only read it and, and um, to discuss it together. Um, and um, thank you for for mentioning uh, the book because it is important um, for the church. Oh, my my pleasure. I mean, I I, I like how 
how you because I know that you've been a part of, of of matters related to just orality in general, but I like how you you have you have taken the taken these two two areas, honor and shame, which is is becoming a, a, a major issue in mission discussions um, uh, today as well. And, and recognizing, as, as, as it's pointed out in this book, that in many of the honor and shame societies, uh, they're predominantly oral communicators. And you're wedding those two worlds together and helping us think through that, not only theologically and biblically, but also practically. So, uh, you know, that, I commend you on that. That's, that's exciting. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy read. I mean, it's, it's very academic, right? Yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it is a much more academic read uh, with um, with case studies, and and I, um, I I I would say there there are charts in there that that might be helpful. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I you know I totally you know want to tell those that are listening that you need to you need to get a copy of this, and and you need to consider what what uh, these these contributors are saying, and so. Uh, the, the International Rally Network. I, I see that they they have the copyright on it. I'm assuming they're publishing it as well. Yes, that is correct. How how uh, can it, we get a, how can people order order this book? Um, when it becomes available um, at the end of March or early April, um, I think the IMB would be ultimately carrying it. And there, that's one place that they could um, order a copy. Okay. The other way is sometime into the early summer, the Amazon Kindle version will become available. Oh, well, okay, great. Yes. Fantastic. So, yeah, um, so there's a timing difference, but that's how we're planning to release it, both in the digital Kindle form, also in the hard copy form. Wonderful. So International Mission Board uh, in March, April of uh, 2015, and then, uh, Lord willing, later in the year, possibly coming out on Kindle at Amazon.com? Right. We're, we're aiming for a summer release of the Kindle version, and by the end of April, um, the IMB probably and should be have made that book available. So the title again, uh, Beyond Literate Western Contexts, and it is edited by Samuel Chang, C-H-I-A-N-G, and Grant Lovejoy, L-O-V-E-J-O-Y. Uh, these gentlemen are, 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 are blazing into new territory with this book. And so I want to encourage you, as, as I did just a moment ago, uh, to, to get a copy of this and, and listen to what is being communicated that came out of, out of that uh, meeting there uh, in Texas. And, and really begin to think through some of these issues because these are matters that are, are present and, and, and really affecting uh, the, the, the face of the church. In fact, uh, when, I, when I wrote Pressure Points, um, one of my chapters in Pressure Points was on the issue of morality. I mean, I think that, that it is, it is you know, I agree with, with what Samuel is saying and what Grant is saying and others are saying that, that this is a global issue and it is a, we, we do not need to neglect this, this particular issue uh, that is the issue of oral communicators. So, Samuel, I want to say thank you so much for being with us on uh, Strike the Match today and uh, look forward to what you'll be doing in the future and look forward to, to the uh, announced announcement to come later on regarding your, your call in this new role as CEO and president of this, for now, an unnamed organization. 
Well, JD, thank you. And thank you for uh, inviting me onto your podcast. Um, and I feel such a privilege to be uh, relating to uh, your listeners. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Samuel Chang and has been speaking to us uh, from Hong Kong. Take care, brother. Thank you. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.